0: Welcome back. My name is Rob Wong. This is The Great Zay Guy. Let's talk about how to stop being unattractive. Anytime that they've done eye-tracking studies on women, in terms of where they look when they're looking at men, they spend most of their time focusing on one place. And while I personally think it would be hilarious if that place was the penis, that's, that's, that's actually not what we're talking about most women will spend most of their time looking at your face. So it stands to reason that if you wanna become less unattractive, you focus on renovating in your face. And by that, I don't mean go and have plastic surgery or learn to put on makeup. I mean, I guess guess those are options, but I, I think that this is a problem that's easier to solve than that. The first and easiest thing that you can do is make sure that you have a haircut that matches the shape of your face. Now this is a podcast so I am not about to try to describe the different face shape types and the haircuts that go with them Um, but there are many very good guides online that you can Google right now that will help you determine what the shape of your face is and what style of haircuts would be the best way to go to accentuate your baseline level of attractiveness. And if you're like me and you happen to have very light eyebrows, then one way to actually boost the amount of women that are attracted to you is by having glasses with thick, dark frames. The reasoning for this is actually very simple. Eyebrows have traditionally been a marker for masculinity and virility. How healthy is this human being? So. I think something like 73% of the last U.S. presidents have been chosen based off of how dark and bushy their eyebrows are. The one with the darkest, bushiest eyebrows wins about 73% of the time, which is absurd. And kind of goes to show that a lot of human decision making isn't as logical as we thought. So having a thick, dark Pair of sun, or sunglasses, not sunglasses. Glasses is a proxy for having dark eyebrows, and if you are naturally nearsighted and you don't have glasses that match this style, switching over can do a lot to help increase the number of women who are actively chasing you. It's also been shown that women tend to like men who have a balance of two different characteristic traits. The first is being more traditionally masculine and dominant having an element of danger so signals of this can often include being very large muscular right appearance of strength it can be having a very full put together beard it can be something as simple as having a couple tattoos or scars in places that are visible to the public turns out women like to see this one balanced out you can go too far into the masculine Uh, I've talked to many women and the ones that I've dated especially have always mentioned that they're not interested in men that are all like super overly muscled like when they get to bodybuilder level women start to lose interest and it's really funny because you can kind of see this happening at the gym when dudes get too huge they're surrounded by other dudes that keep on telling them how good they look right (laughs) And, and what you don't see is the number of women that are approaching them going like, oh, you're so hot. (laughs) Because at a certain point, it's a little bit too much. One way to calibrate back in the other direction is, of course, by action, right? Like what you do out in the world. Does it smack of kindness and compassion? Doing like mm, volunteer work, for instance, but also just reading in public or having a pair of glasses on. Doing things that would be atypically Associated with masculinity. Now, how you take that on is up to you. Maybe you start doing a yoga class or you learn how to dance, which is another thing, right? Women love men who dance. For a variety of reasons, dance is also one way to easily exemplify whether or not someone is comfortable in their own skin. And if they aren't comfortable in their own skin, can they get there eventually? Biologically, she's looking for someone to protect her babies and your ability to show that you're capable of adapting, and that when you're perturbed, you don't stay perturbed for long, that's going to have her become more and more drawn to you. Something that I find particularly fascinating is that women are attracted to different things based on different times in their ovulation cycle. Right after they ovulate, they're interested in very, very masculine men. And when that cycle ends... They're interested in kindness and compassion and caring men. This is one of the reasons why it's so difficult to figure out what to do. Like, what is the proper blueprint here? Because you actually have two different blueprints depending on where she is in her cycle. And this is one of the reasons why it really pays to have elements of both ends in the way that you present yourself. Both strong and compassionate. I think that's one of many reasons why the whole daddy-dom trait is taking off. In kind of a huge way, women are interested in, well, people who can nurture them and be kind to them. And also be kind of the effective leader in a relationship. One way to become disproportionately attractive to women without changing up anything about who you are. Is by spending some time and exploring a bunch of different communities. And when you're in these communities, pay attention to how you're treated. Are you treated like someone who's valuable and impressive based off of who you naturally are? Because if you are, then that's the community for you. And if it feels like you're really struggling to be acknowledged, like everyone's just like, who is this fucking weirdo, right? No one's paying attention to you. No one's trying to connect with you. They don't view you as remarkable at all well, odds are that might not be the right community for you. I happen to be very, very into meditation and spirituality and personal growth. And so having moved to a place that extremely values those things, especially the women here, um, I am disproportionately attractive. I get a lot of looks, Um, not only because I stand out. I think I'm one of like, maybe like two or three Asian men in the proximity, but also that I have a very high level of capability and a skill set that is valued by the women here. But it doesn't have to be that complicated. You might be extremely good at tennis, in which case find some tennis clubs to play at, right? Go to some beginners classes, show up and be good at the thing that you're good at. If you have an amazing voice, go and meet women at a choir. A lot of times I noticed as a guy, I overcomplicated things. Like It just felt like I needed to earn things by doing them the most difficult way possible. And what I am telling you is that if you choose an environment that makes things easier for you, then surprise, surprise, the dating process is actually a lot easier. And here's the biggest secret of them all. Online dating is a fucking scam. It's designed to make you miserable. And the more miserable you are, the more money you spend on online dating. That is how that cycle goes. Once again, if you're happy with the way that your online dating life is going, you're not going to spend money, right? Why would you? Why would you throw more? Money? Why would you throw more money at this thing? You're already getting good results. No, you spend money to make things easier for yourself, and that's what they want. So that means it's worth your while to take some time away from those fucking dating apps. And as confronting as it might be, you gotta find communities outside of yourself to visit and become a part of. Do things that make you uncomfortable, get out into the world and try new things until you discover the subcategory of humans that you belong with. Then, dating will be so fucking easy. Another way to boost your value as a mate is to simply start taking contact improv classes, or improv classes. These classes are all about adaptability. Improv will improve your conversational ability and make you a funnier human being. Learning how to yes and in a conversation is one of the best things I ever gave myself permission to learn. And contact improv is like the same skill set except you're learning how to do this in physical contact with another human being. You're learning how to work with this other person without using your words at all. And this is immensely valuable don't even get me started on the implications when it comes to this and sex. Another easy way to boost your attractiveness is just by learning how to dress. Take a weekend off, go to H&M or whatever store you like, Banana Republic, J crew And while you're there, take your time, pick out a bunch of outfits that you wouldn't normally wear, find your sense of style. What do I look good in? Ask for opinions from the store attendants or the other random women that you encounter while you're shopping. Hey, how does this look? Like, be honest with me. Then go for the balance of things that you like and that they like. And if you're feeling especially conservative and you just want an answer that almost everyone can accept, then basically all you need to do is buy a nice button-up, then get a sports coat, Then get a pair of nice, dark, wash jeans. And dark brown boots, or dress shoes, leather shoes, just nice shoes, right? Shoes that you have to polish and take care of. And a leather belt that's roughly the same color. And there you go, fucking one dating outfit. And if you switch out that button up, then you have two dating outfits. If you switch out that pants, that pants, (laughs) that pair of pants for another one, now you have four dating outfits. Very, very, very easy to be well-dressed. And the trick to all of this is just making sure that two things are happening. One, get all of your clothes tailored. Tailored clothes make a huge difference. Buying clothes off the rack and just wearing them often looks very boxy. You don't need to be built. You don't need to be fit in order for fitted clothes to look good on you. That's the point of getting fitted clothes. They're designed to look good on you based on your build. And the other thing is that you wanna make sure that you're not super generic. The element of style is like tricky to quantify because usually it means that you wear something outlandish and you find a way to balance it out, right? And the easiest way to do that is by wearing like an extremely colorful button-up shirt and then calibrating that by putting stuff over it. Wear a vest, right? Wear a nice sport coat. And as you begin to adjust, you can kind of find this nice balance where it's like, hey, I think I can actually pull this shit off. At least that's how I did it back when I was first experimenting. Now, this is all the surface level stuff. And if you want to get deeper into the more profound understanding of attractiveness, then one thing that you have to understand is this is all about the energy that you are embodying. Put in more simple terms, what emotion am I feeling right now? And for a lot of us, we kind of deny that we have feelings at all. It can be an uncomfortable experience having emotions. I used to joke that only women had emotions, and those came from ovaries. And I was very proud of that joke, and it fucking shot me in the foot. (laughs) It's, it's, It's so difficult to be successful at dating without high emotional awareness. If you don't know what's happening inside of you, then you don't know the impact that you're having on her. And if you've accidentally been scaring off a bunch of women, if you message them and they aren't messaging you back, if you happen to have one date with her and then she scurries off and doesn't return any of your messages ever again, there's a very good chance that you are not being emotionally aware. The biggest piece of emotional awareness is that you catch what you're feeling on the inside and then you do what you can to process through it. That means that you don't shove it away or try to ignore it until it goes away. You actually deal with the discomfort by experiencing it. You open yourself up to the experience of the pain of that emotion. Whether you're hurt or frustrated or feeling guilty, you feel sad because you lost something important to you, actually feeling that emotion is what gives you freedom from that emotion. I may have mentioned this before, but there is something called the opposite rule. Which states that if you are always looking for positive experiences, that's actually a negative experience because anytime something doesn't live up to that, well, you're disappointed, you're angry, you're upset, you're frustrated. Conversely, if you embrace the negative experiences and just allow them to flow through you, that's a positive experience because here you are overcoming something difficult. And I believe that it's one of the noblest, most honorable, and greatest objectives of human existence to begin to embrace that opposite rule. Spending all of your time chasing high peak experiences is going to be something that handicaps you in the long run. It will literally stunt your growth as a man and make you very unattractive because at that point you're not very adaptable. You're like an addict chasing something that makes you happy for a very short period of time which, unfortunately, is how our happiness system is wired. Happiness is rooted generally in dopamine. And dopamine has a very short half-life. I believe it's about 10 minutes. That means that every 10 minutes, you are half as happy as you were 10 minutes before. And then 10 minutes later, that goes down to half of what it was 10 minutes before. And so it's not very long before happiness fades away. So, in order to become an attractive human being, You kind of have to find your way back to happiness again and again and again. How do I get to a sustainable fulfillment? And when you can occupy that space, remember that what you feel is what other people feel. Ultimately, your headspace, your emotional space is what people are drawn to. It's what has them come back to you again and again and again. And it was a major breakthrough for me to begin thinking of attraction as my ability to create a flow state with another human being. You probably already heard of flow before. It's your ability to be in peak performance, in joy, deeply immersed in the process of something, so immersed that you forget that you even exist. Time stops existing. What's there is you and the enjoyment of this process is when you look up at the clock and you're like, holy shit, like three hours have gone by. And that felt great. I loved doing that. And one of the easiest flow states that we get to experience is during sex. That's the ultimate flow state. It feels so fucking good. And then we're doing it and then hours shoot by. And we didn't even realize that the time had passed. Great sex can be something that keeps you in a relationship that doesn't work. Now, obviously, that's not a dynamic that we're looking for. But this is a clear example of how powerful flow states are. And you know what really gets in the way of flow states? Someone being especially negative or especially critical or really triggered or angry or frustrated. Someone that blows up unpredictably because they haven't dealt with the discomfort of where they are in life. Or how they feel in their body. Or what emotions are there that they haven't processed. And so while the other stuff that we mentioned here is... Important. It is valuable. It won't matter if you don't have control over your emotions. Because while the other stuff will get your foot through the door, it will buy you a few more moments to establish yourself in conversation with this other human being. The thing that matters the most is your ability to keep that flow state going with her. And if you're blowing up at her, if you're snapping at her, if you're taking out your personal hurt on her, that flow state is immediately evaporating. In order for a flow state to exist, both parties need to be able to take risks in terms of expressing themselves fully, authentically, and vulnerably around the other person. And if any person is being attacked within that dynamic, or they feel attacked, then that flow state is vanishing. And it doesn't matter how well-dressed you are or how well you do contact improv, there's no coming back from that without this skill. So, if that's something that you want to hear more about, be sure to let me know in the poll. It's going to ask you, what did you think about this episode? And that's where you want to write your reply. If you got something good, don't hesitate to subscribe or leave me a rating, even if it's a bad one. As much as I hate getting negative feedback, it's something that's really valuable to me. And it helps me grow this podcast and grow myself. At the very least, I can just learn how to deal with your negative feedback. (laughs) And in the best case scenario, it'll be something that really resonates with me, and I can incorporate that into an episode that is custom designed to address what you were wondering. And last but certainly not least, it's just nice interacting with this community. It's nice knowing that this is landing for someone out there, or that they're getting something from each of these episodes. and It kind of gives me additional motivation to keep on going. So if you got something for me there, be sure to drop it um, into whatever platform you're using to listen to this. And once again, thank you for being here. I appreciate you listening. Love you. And I'll catch you next time.